certainly live in challenging times and people are concerned. They're seeing a lot of strange things happening, not only in the world, but in our country. Things we never thought we'd see in America. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, the guys wanted to hear from you, so they turned to Facebook. I'll let Dan explain. Today, we're going to talk about what's on your mind, and that's the title of this episode. Fearless Faith has a Facebook page. It's at FFM60, and we posted this week and said, what would you like us to address? What would you like to talk about in our next podcast? And we had quite a response. I'm your host, Dan Wheeler, and we're going to talk about some of the questions that our viewers have uh, today. I'm joined by Brian Rowland and Terry Steen and our producer, John Matarazzo, to discuss what's going on. Brian, it seems like people are concerned because there's so much chaos in the world. Uh, absolutely. There's more and more than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I hate to say it, but I'm getting up there in my lifetime now. <laughs> I always thought, well, I'll, I'll see this later on. But it's true. And you see it in the news every day. Um, I see people being attacked on the streets. Uh, how about on airplanes? There's more disruption on airplanes than ever before. And I think it's a culmination of things that have happened in the past year with the pandemic has something to do with it. I think it has something to do with the education systems the way they are nowadays. There's a lot that's being brought into it. And a lot is also a part of people turning their back on God. They're turning their back on the word. They're turning their back on their churches and on their their. Uh, their um, their friends that are Christians. They're saying, oh, these guys are wrong and, and condemning them. And you could just see the turn in people and what is uh, the relationships that they're having with other people nowadays. And it's everybody seems to be against the other person instead of wanting to help. Does that make sense? Yes. B, I totally agree. And, you know, if I ever scroll through some of the social media, it's amazing how many videos pop up of literal fistfights in baseball mm -hmm. stands or, or sporting events, or you go to a fast food restaurant and there's a customer standing up on the table yelling or jumping over the table ready to fight workers who are just working the drive through window. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. And, and I think part of it's due to the pandemic, but I think the bigger picture is and we've seen it over the years, year after year after year, our country continues to push God away and the Holy Spirit pushed away. And when there's a void, it has to be filled with something. And when God and the Holy Spirit get moved out, that's when evil comes in. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Let's see if this sounds familiar, because in Second Timothy Chapter 3, we talk about godlessness in the last days, and that's another question we have. Are we in the last days? And we're going to give our opinions on that. But in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, 
slanderous, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. What the world needs is love, and we do need to love them. And guys, I watch the news, and I, my natural response is to get angry. Mm. I get angry when I see people who hate our country and want to destroy our country. And that's another topic that came up amongst our viewers. They said, there are forces trying to separate us by gender, by race, by political views, by religion. It's so obvious. You see it. You know, Dan, it said that nations will rise against nation. And what that really meant, and I discovered by studying it, and I did it in one of the morning cups, was that it is sex against sex. Uh, you know, and not sex, but sex. <laughs> uh, people, generations, and... S-E-C-T-S. And, um, yes. Sex. Yeah, yes. Against each other. It's not really a nation, which we always thought. I always thought it was a nation, a country fighting against a country. But it's not. And and that's exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. It's happening, and you're seeing it right now. You're witnessing it firsthand. Okay, so Terry, I'm going to ask you a question. In your opinion, are we in the last days the Bible speaks about? Well, great question. I was reflecting on that earlier, and I was thinking back to the signs that the Bible tells us are supposed to come. And I was thinking that nobody knows for certain And the Bible tells us that in Matthew and Mark that not even the angels know for sure. So we know there's signs. We know there's wars and earthquakes and famine and trouble and sorrows. And yeah, we're experiencing all those. But think back to history. Think back over the years and put it in perspective by that one verse that says, uh, A a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to God. So by putting that in perspective and thinking back when the Christians were being torn apart by the lions and when black death was back in the 1300s and 25 million people died and there was the great war and then there was Hitler and and the Jewish Holocaust and you look at all those and you and you think surely those people thought that it was end times and so we're in that same situation where we think it's end times but we just don't know for sure, do we? But I've never seen, I I mean, I agree with you. In my lifetime, I've never seen the beginnings of such a despising of Christianity Mm -hmm. in our country. You're starting to see the forces rise against Christianity, against prayer in schools. That happened a while ago, but it's all culminated. We've kicked God out of our schools. People don't even want to say the Pledge of Allegiance some people, <laughs> I think a lot of people do, but one nation under God. And I feel like, like you said earlier, Terry, if you take God out, there's a void and people are filling it with violence and hatred. But Brian, you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus was asked, what will the signs be? And he talks about what you just mentioned in verse seven, nation will rise against nation kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. We've certainly seen that. And then verse 8 says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's where we're at, Brian, the beginning of birth pains? I I truly believe that because birth pangs don't just 
it's not just a birth. There's this time when when a woman's going through contractions, and you know, it, it leads on and on. It starts, and they, they of course, and they, they they start counting the minutes, and you start counting the centimeters, and all this. But it's it's what happens. It's something that grows. And when you said to God, especially a day is like a thousand years. I mean, this can be going on for a long time when this first started. But if you look at what's going on in the world today, it's and every time I think this is the end times, then something today is even more drastic than it was back during those times. So you see that, but, you know, over in Romans 1, 28, it does say, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind or a reprobate mind. Yeah. And Terry was saying that before, when you take God out, I mean, that's when chaos comes in. And that's exactly, I think, what's happening, because in the last days, God was going to do that. They're turning their back on him. Then he he gives everybody their free will, but if they turn their back on him, then his hands are tied at that point. Not literally, because God can do anything, but he's given us their free will. So he turns them over to a reprobate mind. And I think that is what is going on in a lot of places around the world that we see this, because people don't even want to acknowledge God. You bring up God's name, and you're going to hear a list of words that you never heard before. That's interesting because I've thought about Romans 1 a lot lately, and it's especially where what you referred to, that God at a point just says, okay, mm-hmm. man's depravity is so bad, and they don't want to seek me, and so he turns them over to a reprobate mind. Right. And that's another reason why we think we're seeing this disrespect for life in general, Terry. I mean, you know, we look at the abortion issue and— you know, it's just gotten out of control. Well, you look at what God did to his own people over all those years. God lifted his hand of protection off of his people. And then when they cried out, eventually he honored that. But there's a history there. And, you know, I think here in the United States, we're seeing it like Finally, you know, we were born as a Christian country. I mean, the the Christians that were oppressed over in Europe risked their lives to cross an ocean that they didn't even know what if it would have an end. Just to try to create a place where they could worship God the way they wanted to. And now after all these two to three hundred years, we are seeing deprivation take place. Mm-hmm. We're seeing sin overcome. And so I think as our listeners and as we talk about the chaos in the world, I think there's been a lot of it in other countries for years and years. But we are seeing, as Dan, you said, the birth pangs of some of that right now. So I think it's a little different perspective for us because we weren't brought up with those. I'm going to get John Matarasso's perspective in a second on what we're discussing, but I want to read 2 Chronicles 7.14, because, Terry, you referred to it. If my people, who are called by, by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. And this is what America needs. And this is, we need revival to break out. We need to, every one of us, do our part to lead people to the Lord, to tell them he is the answer. He is the only hope. And John, I know you're a young man 
com- relatively compared to us. You're uh, how old did you say you are? 30, 36. 36 years old. And we've lived longer and it seems worse than what we've seen. But what are your observations with what's going on? Does it seem worse to you? So um, I really appreciate the things that you were just talking about, kind of our response, because that's something that I've been really dealing with recently throughout this whole last year specifically, because fear, I think, is a big driver of why we question about these things. One of the big things that I've been afraid about is I don't want to deal with persecution. I don't want to deal with some of these things. I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. But I that pain of the birthing of the, you know, the, the childbirth is a good thing. But the pain is a, a painful process to get there. But I think all throughout history, we've been in the last days. Whether it's the last days for all of humanity or the last days for all of us as individuals. You think about some Eastern European countries that I've been to, they've been through communism and they've seen what it's like to have a, you know, to have everything taken away from them. I just think it's interesting that, you know, we got to keep our eyes set on Jesus and we'll be in good shape because he promises that he's going to be with us no matter what. Just because if it's the end, he's still going to be there throughout all of that. You know, that's good, John. And and one thing I might add, as I was doing a little bit of study for this, was I, I found a great scripture in Second Peter that talks about how should we behave, if it, whether it's the end time or not the end time. If we have a mindset of end time, then this is how we should behave. It's the third chapter of 2 Peter, and and in the eighth verse, it starts talking about, like I mentioned earlier, one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day, but the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. So we know he's going to come. And in verse 10, it tells us the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And I'm just skipping down to the 11th verse. And here's what I want us to focus on is, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be, and here he says it, in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. So no, whether, whether we're in the end times or we're not in the end times, we need to conduct ourselves with holiness and we need to be godly, and we need to be looking with great anticipation Mm -hmm. for his return. And then slipping down to the 14th verse, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blemish. We have got to be diligent, whether he's coming today or he's coming a hundred years from now. We have to be diligent. We have to walk in peace and we have to be spotless and blameless before the Lord. That's our only responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's good, Terry. And you know, when I look back at this too, Terry, what you're just saying is absolutely right. And how do we get to that? Because when when we find out that God is turning people's back to a reprobate mind, there's things that you could see that's happening in people's lives. The scriptures no longer convict them. Uh, their own conscience doesn't even convict them. Uh, right? I, they start calling evil good and good evil. You hear that in, in music a lot today. Uh, the word of God is no longer the final authority. We're finding that in this country of all things. There's so many things like that. The, the desire to please God is no longer there. 
I mean, they don't want to please God. They want to please themselves. It's all about them and us and me. And they're uncorrectable. And anyone who challenges their growth, they're up there ready to fight. They're ready to go against because it's their word and not what the word of God says. Uh, They've established their own righteousness, basically, in their own eyes. And that is what's happening in the world today. And unless they do what you were just saying, T, uh, they're lost. And we have a lost world. And that is why we're having all this conflict and why we're having all this corruption and chaos in the world today. Well, that's a good word. You know, I... I mentioned earlier, I, I have trouble with anger and I have to, whenever I get angry, I say, okay, Lord, these are people. You know, we tend to look at these people that are saying things, trying to divide us in so many ways and and proposing things for Americans that you never thought you'd hear, you know, people that seem to be against the flag and against the Pledge of Allegiance mm. and athletes kneeling or turning away. Yeah. And, and when I get angry, I think, Lord, you love these people and I have to love them too. Like Terry said, we always, we know how we have to act as Christians. And and the hope that we have is Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Yeah. That's such a critical word. That's what we all need to find in our lives, and only Christ can give us that peace. And then he goes on to say, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But God can give us peace Mm -hmm. if we seek it. We know that if we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, he will protect us. That is a special place. He that dwelleth in the secret place mm-hmm. of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's no other place to be today right. that's safe than in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in the Scripture, we just have to always fall back on the Scripture. That's our plumb line. If we don't, that's what we're seeing in culture today. There's been so many people, so many Christians that have allowed the culture to take over and influence them, have allowed the the voices to turn them, to listen to the voices and not to God's voice and not to his word. And, um, you know, what the Christians are being like vilified and, they're, and we're considered hateful and we're considered racist. What are we doing? We are only doing what we believe, which is the Bible. We're trying to live by the Word of God and the and show love and do what we need to do. But because they don't have that plumb line, they don't have that point of reference, they can't relate to how we live our life and what we choose to believe. And we are commanded in the Bible to love one another. We're all equal in God's sight, regardless of race or gender or other things that the world's trying to use to separate us. You know, in, in Christianity among believers, there is no race. There, there is no, we are all one race, the human race. God created us all. Every life is so important and we need to respect life. And, you know, we need to spend a lot of time in prayer. And on the subject of prayer, since we're getting limited in time, I want to address things our viewers we're concerned about one lady said what do you do when you've been praying for a long time and god doesn't answer your prayers um 
are we supposed to just stop praying and accept that maybe healing someone is not God's will? What are your thoughts on that question? Bible says that we're supposed to pray without ceasing, no matter what. We need to pray without ceasing. Even if we're not getting the answers we want, God is answering prayers. One way or the other, he's answering prayers. And, and, and I use Beth as an as example. Uh, we prayed for her healing. Ultimately, she was completely healed. Not to what we wanted, but God took her home and healed her completely. Right. And I look at this and I say, okay, we, when we're praying, a lot of times we're praying for the effect that we want to happen. And if we're praying... For anybody that's it's uh, like right now we're praying for a friend of ours. Dan and I has have a good friend that had surgery yesterday. We're praying for him. But how do I pray for him? I want him healed, but I'm going, God, your will be done in this. You're, you're causing a complication here for a reason, and let's see what that is. And hopefully that's gonna it's gonna bring benefits to the and the glory to God. Uh, and that's why he puts us in situations where we're at now. I really believe that that we, we get put in these places for his glory. Yeah. And we have to continue to pray without ceasing, no matter what. You know, that's good, Brian. And another example that came to my mind was David back in Second Samuel. If you remember, Bathsheba delivered David's baby, but the boy was sick. And David began to pray earnestly. He did everything he could, and he refused to eat. He fasted. He prayed, and he fasted. Day after day after day, I can't remember. It was the seventh day he heard somebody talking and whispering, and he realized that his son had died. And when he did, he got up, cleaned himself up, and went about business. And they said, "What? why did you do that? After all that fasting and praying, and David said, I couldn't change what God's decision was, so I have to move on. So we need to pray and pray and pray until we know beyond a shadow of a doubt what God's answer is, Mm -hmm. and then move on. And T, don't you think that God honors that because we are continuing in prayer as he's commanded us to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he expects out of us. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up, I mean, we look at things going on, and we talked about what's evil is good, and what's good is evil, and the Bible is our true north, our, our touchstone. The Bible is how we are supposed to live. But in Daniel, we read about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar had built this huge altar, this idol, an image of himself, 99 feet wide and high, and and people were supposed to bow down to this and pray, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused, and Nebuchadnezzar was furious, had them thrown in a fire. And before they did, they said to him, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, We want you to know, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And if you know the story, Nebuchadnezzar was furious. They turned the furnace up seven times hotter. The people that threw them in were killed by the fire instantly. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were walking around, and suddenly Nebuchadnezzar said, it looks like there's a fourth person in there, and he looks like the Son of God. The Son of God was with them, and Nebuchadnezzar called for them to come out. They didn't even smell of smoke, and then he said, 
Their God is the God we're going to trust. And even Daniel, when he was thrown into the lion's den, mm-hmm. God shut the lion's mouths. We serve a mighty God. Boy, there's a lot of concern. I think there's no other way to end this than to close in prayer. I'll lead us. Lord, so many concerns on all of our minds and our hearts. But we know that you are in control. You are the God of the universe. And your timing is impeccable. And whenever you return, it will be the perfect time. But we are told that we are to be diligent and to be working and watching. Working to tell others about you, that you died for our sins, that you came to earth to be a light And that those of us who accept what you did on the cross, that you died for our sins, and we accept your payment for our sins, and we accept you into our hearts, that we will be saved, and we will live for you forever, for eternity, and that the sufferings of our present time will seem so small compared to glory in eternity. Help us to keep our eyes upon you. We pray for everyone that's listening. People need miracles. They need to hear from you. Lord, speak to hearts. Convict. Let people know you are the way, the truth, and the life. Unlike other religions who said, we're going to show you a way, you said, no, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We thank you for salvation that everyone that asks you into their hearts and ask you to forgive their sins, will be saved. We pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. Yes, Lord. We pray for our world, and that as Christians, your church will do your work and be the church and point others to you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for everyone that listens to it. And we just praise you and thank you and ask all these things in thy name. Amen. 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 Well, that was a different podcast, but certainly needed. Good time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, John, our producer, who does such a great job on Finish Strong. Hang in there. Keep your eyes upon the Lord through these difficult times. We will make it, and may God grant you peace as we finish strong with fearless faith. We'll look forward to you joining us next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.